A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, I have much more to tell you, but you cannot bear it now. But when he comes, the Spirit of truth, he will guide you to all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will speak what he hears, and will declare to you the things that are coming. He will glorify me, because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything that the Father has is mine. For this reason I told you that he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. The Gospel of the Lord. As we move into ordinary time, we step back to reflect on the mystery of the Holy Trinity. The Trinity isn't really defined until about the 4th century. It's like discovering something that has been hiding within Revelation. As Jesus says in the Gospel, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you to all truth. Paul captures this same dynamic when he insists that we can also boast in our sufferings. Paul is sure that grace is hiding inside of suffering. Suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us. Episcopal priest Cynthia Bourgeau has made an interesting connection between a principle called the Law of Three and the Trinity. The Law of Three is less like a moral law than a principle of physics, like the second law of thermodynamics. This law seems to be inherent in the created world. Every new arising springs forth from three forces at play. The first force, active or affirming, a second force, passive or denying, and a third force, reconciling or neutralizing. The philosopher Hegel had a similar idea, thesis, antithesis, leading to synthesis. But Hegel only used two forces, and the combination of the two made the third. In the law of three, we have thesis and antithesis plus X leads to synthesis. Perhaps the clearest example is a sailboat. We might think that only two elements are required. A sail filled with wind is able to move through the water because of the pressure of the water on the keel of the boat. But a boat with those two elements does not go forward. It actually turns into the wind and stalls. The third, or reconciling force, is the tiller, which holds the boat on course. Only then does the boat move forward. Flour and water make dough. But without the third force, heat, there is no bread. Human beings tend to be third force blind. We tend to see in either-or thinking. Let's look again at Paul. Suffering, the first force, meets endurance, 
second force, or resistance. And then a third force, character, is the reconciling force which produces hope, something totally unexpected. And hope, Paul insists, does not disappoint us. What appears to be the resisting or opposing force is never actually the problem to be overcome. Second force, sometimes called holy denying, is a legitimate and essential component in every new arising. No resistance, no new arising. Bergeau was invited to work with a group of Episcopal clergy who, like their Catholic counterparts, are feeling somewhat discouraged by the state of the Church. Bergeau asked them to think in terms of the law of three. They decided that the first principle was God's will for the Church. And then they identified sectarianism as the denying force, the erosion of morals, and so on. With these two polarities, they couldn't find a third force. Bergeau suggested they invert the two forces. What if you make affirming force the pushing force of secularism? And what if you saw the church as the denying force, being the integrity, the dignity of received tradition? All of a sudden, they could see what third force was. It was to hold the post consciously, like the tiller of the boat, with the eye toward the future. Rather than seeing secularism as the opponent or the betrayal of God's purposes, they could see what they had to do was to hold the sacred post in the new arising, because without holy denying, there is no new arising. Jesus brings third force to the situation of the woman caught in adultery. When presented with the polarities of stoning the woman or freeing her, Jesus said, Let the one among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Jesus finds the thing that will put the terrible two binaries in a completely new relationship and creates a new kingdom called compassion, forgiveness. The manifestation of love is there in the situation, but you need to find it. Here is a practical example of this third force midwifing, which comes from the director of a small government-subsidized service agency. She had to appear before a provincial board each spring to orally defend her budget and make her request for the next year's funds. As she waited her turn in a seemingly endless litany of petitions from the heads of other agencies, she pictured the situation according to the law of three. First force was clearly held by the presenters, with their legitimate need and desperation for funding. Holy denying was quite literally held by the board, which seemed of a mind to throw out a certain number of requests altogether and substantially trim back the rest. She realized that in this configuration, the two opposing forces were colliding on an energetic ground of scarcity, the assumption that there was not enough to go around. There was no third force. Could she do anything to create it? Suddenly an inspiration arrived. She threw away her prepared speech, smiled warmly, and began. I want to thank you all for the generous funding we received from you last year. Here's how we spent it. 
She then went on to detail all the good work they'd managed to accomplish on what was actually a very small subsidy. As she spoke, she could sense the board members visibly relaxing and her colleagues staring in amazement. She concluded, We're not asking you for a single additional penny this year. And if we need to cut back, this is the strategy we've put in place to do so with minimal impact on our service. It almost goes without saying that she received the full amount requested. By introducing gratitude as the missing third force, she managed to shift the energetic field from a sense of scarcity to a sense of abundance. And from that field of abundance, she did indeed receive her daily bread.